That's hundred. Ladies and gentlemen, man, this is the everything you've been waiting for, man. I got my boy Noble Living, Sports Betting 101, uh, with me, myself, another episode of Monday Night Take. I'm live here in D.C. right now, you know, on my tour, uh, my next tour. First stop is D.C., then Philly, uh, then Detroit, then NYC. But I felt like, you know, this was an important time to really bring on my boy Noble. A lot of you guys have been asking me about sports betting as of lately. Uh, you know, sports betting is a growing industry. It's a lot of opportunity in it. Um, you know, I, I definitely wanted to bring on someone who's an expert, someone that I look to, to you know, to, you know, bounce ideas off of and, and learn from um, and just even having conversations with this gentleman here. Uh, he's a jack of all trades. This is Noble Living. Uh, some of you guys tap in with him early in the morning um, with first call, 5.30 a.m., getting to work. And, um, you know, you guys have seen the stuff that he's done from DJ and different events that I've had from speaking at events at like SummerSlam to talking about sports betting, you know, really giving that motivation. Like just, you know, I mean, I could be here all day giving this guy's resume. But, um, yeah, this is my brother, Noble Living. And um, let's, let's start this conversation off, bro. Man, I appreciate it, man. Uh, that's a fire introduction, man. So I'm grateful to be here. I appreciate the opportunity, man. And I um, just always want to give you your flowers for the things that you're doing for the community, right. even right now, how you're on tour, bro. So I appreciate you. Yep. Yes, sir. Nah, definitely, bro. So I'm glad you came on. So, you know, a hot topic, man, sports betting. For sure. Uh, you know, how did you really get started in sports betting? For me, you know, I've, I've been a sports fanatic really my whole life yeah. uh, from the time I was six. So when I started sports betting over the past like four or five months, it really was, I would say that I'm not going to say just easy, but it was just like I was already sports betting before I was really sports betting. Because for me, always going into games, like I would study player performance, right? Or I would study team tendencies, right? And even when I was like seven, eight years old, I could always regurgitate stats. Like I knew who was leading the NFL in passing yards. I knew who, was, who threw the most touchdowns. I knew who threw the most picks. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I just knew that stuff right off the top of my head. I, I, I remember I was able to chronologically chronologically remember the Super Bowl champions from beginning to present day. Like so stuff like that. My mind was already kind of wired and geared to understanding certain things. So I wanted to get your take on like, how did you really get started in sports betting? And like, why should people really be taking sports betting seriously right here in 2023? Yeah, man, that's an excellent question. And I love um, the way that you kind of just exemplified how you love sports and how it kind of transitioned into, you know, sports betting for you. And that's the same thing that happened for me, man. Uh, I think it's just important. Like you'll hear us say a lot of times, like find your passion, find something that you love. Like sports has been something that I loved since, I mean, I was a young kid. I actually was raised in a household where my parents didn't allow us to have cable growing up. So mm -hmm. for me, like I, cause I wasn't able to watch any of the games live. So I love sports so much, bro. I used to listen to the Yankee games on the radio wow. and just like you, bro, like, I knew every stat. I knew every player. I knew all the weird stats, like who won MVPs, which year and things like that. And then mm -hmm. as I train, like as sports have always been a, a part of my life, like always been an athlete, things like that. But when I uh, 
went to college and I realized and I decided I was going to forego playing college sports. I did have the opportunity uh, to play sports in college, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to make more money in business than I would in sports. Just the amount of time, yeah. the dedication that it requires um, at the NCAA level to really, you know, compete is tough and to manage everything at the same time. And I was lucky enough to have an academic um, scholarship as well. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to become a sports broadcaster. I had an aunt um, who inspired me. She was an exec at ESPN. ESPN. So she allowed me to go to ESPN with her one day and shadow some of the things that she was doing. So I got uh, submerged in the world of ESPN. And I was like, yo, I'm going to become the next Stephen A. Smith. I had a sports talk show. I had everything, man. But what I didn't learn, what they don't teach you about in journalism is that journalists don't make any type of money, like until they get to a certain level. Like even people like Stephen A., you might see where he is now and the type of income that he has now. He got he just got paid and he's been in this industry 30 plus years. I'm talking about on the road, you know, yeah, interviewing people, nights, you know. So for me, I was just like, all right, journalism isn't going to pay what I want to make in terms of putting in that effort and that time. That's when I really got started in finance and the stock market and things. And like for me, I love numbers. I love math. I love finance. But then also I love sports and I couldn't find a blend between the two besides knowing, like you said, useless stats. Now, when you're in your 20s or 18, in your high teens, knowing who won every Super Bowl in a row is kind of not as relevant anymore. So mm -hmm. that's when I realized, you know, I'm in college. Everybody in college needs to make extra money, right? And I was always a bona fide hustler, just doing different things here and there. But just how you and your boys would bet on like 2K or we would just bet on who would win the game here and there. Then I started doing some more research behind it. And I was like, hold on one second. There's actually a way that you can do this. You can get paid from knowing your knowledge about sports, from tracking the games, exactly. from the players. And that's really what got me into it because, um, you know, in college, I just needed extra income. So I just, for me, it was $100 here, $50 there, go on a trip, mm -hmm. go out of town for the weekend, pay for my me meals for the week. It was just like little extra money. Exactly. But then over the last few years, since sports betting has now become more and more legalized, it's become a lot more, um, not as taboo as it used to be, but now it's a lot more, it's a household thing at this point. That's when I've started transitioning sports betting from just, hey, here's a way to make extra cash. And now it's a way that you can earn an income. It's a way that you can earn a secondary revenue stream to, and, and alongside some of the other things that you're doing. I like to say, and I want to put this out there, you guys saw the disclaimer early, but sports betting is not going to create generational wealth for you. It's gambling oh, no. at the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? But the extra income that you're making from it, you can now take that and diversify that into stocks that will give you generational wealth, into real estate, into starting a business. And now you heard Lawrence say I was a DJ. My first DJ controller, I bought $100 controller with and i used the money that i had won on a bet to pay for that mm -hmm. controller which now created a business that allowed me to leave my nine to five three four years later you see how that works yeah. so that's where sports betting really became my love and my passion and as i see more and more people yep. now are doing it i've now feel the responsibility to kind of educate and teach on this space since i have been in the space for about six seven years at this point now yeah nah so definitely nah i respect that and i think what one thing that you said to me that really stood out was just really when it comes to you know sports betting this is not where you're gonna get wealthy or get rich right at the end of the day it's betting but it's like you said right you know it could be you know whether it's a straight bet a parlay some bet that you hit on that could literally you could take those funds and invest in the stock market and for your case you talked about 
you know, using it to buy equipment that then was allowed you to grow your and expand your business. Like that's how I look at sports betting, you know, for me. And we'll get into talking about our different strategies in a few seconds here. But, you know, I just look at sports betting measly as like just ways to really just make extra to, to the point you made. I'm like, shoot. It, it could pay for this for this DoorDash that's about to come through <laughs> right. here right now. You feel me? So that's the way I look at it. Like, um, you know, uh, so I definitely appreciate that insight and outlook. Um, one thing that I want to pre preface is really just telling people like, you know, a lot of people have been asking whether it's me or Noble to, you know, really start teaching you sports betting. And I, I think this episode is definitely going to give you a lot of information. But one thing that we don't want to encourage is for people to just become gamblers, right? We want to like, like really make sure people understand what, like what's our purpose of talking about the topic, right? And talk, talking about the topic is to provide the educational aspect of it. It's not to encourage you to go out there and put your last $100 on a parlay because you see it could potentially make you 20,000. And, but you got all these different things that more than likely won't happen. It could happen, but it's more than likely not going to happen. So we want to teach you guys the ways that we that we sports bet and the strategies that work for us, if if this is something that you're in, truly interested in, as we see a lot of people have been asking us about it. So you know, let's let's pretty much jump right into it. We pretty much you know sure. you know opened it up, but let's pretty much get into it. When it comes to sports betting, bro, um, you know where where do we start? Where do we where where do we start? Right? Do we want to start with uh, explaining? Let's let's kind of explain a, a few things here. So we have different types of ways that you can bet, right? Mm -hmm. You can bet on player performance, right? Mm -hmm. You can bet on overall team winning. You can also bet on how many points are going to be scored in a game, right? You can also bet on how many points are not going to be scored in a game. So you have over and unders, right? Where you could bet that collectively these two teams together are going to score 50 points mm -hmm. in a football game or 220 points in a basketball game. Or there's going to be eight goals scored in a hockey game, right? You can bet on those things, whether it's going to be over that or under that, right? And then you also can take parlays. So let's let's talk a little bit about parlays, right? Because that's what everyone kind of likes. Parlays are like cheap bets where you can combine some of those things. You can say, well, this team, this team is going to win by five points. Mm -hmm. This team is just going to straight up win. This team is these two teams are going to score this many points. So you could put all of those things into a bet. Mm -hmm. And if all of those different legs pan out, you make money. So right. can we talk about, right, the odds as well, too? So let's kind of like get into, you know, breaking those things down, right? For sure, man. Yeah, most definitely. And I think you covered on a lot of different things. There's a lot of different ways mm -hmm. that you can get started betting. But what I would say from the most principled standpoint is just first put a game on the board. I typically tell people, like, when you're first getting started, use your favorite team just because it's easier. You're probably following them. You're probably tracking exactly. them. You watch all their games and things like that. And just simply, like, let's just say for today, if you're a Duke fan, they're playing Miami right now, right? Just simply ask yourself, do I think Duke is going to win this game? Yes or no? Just simply as that. Yes or no? And then that what you've just done is now taking a side or also known as the money line, right? And the money line is basically, do you think a team is going to win or do you think they're going to lose? And then in sports betting, it's not just that simple to predict if a team is going to win or you're going to lose. At this point, now you have something called the spread, which is now is Duke going to win this game by more than three points because the spread is at minus 2.5. 
or minus two and a half. Duke, Duke is getting thrashed right now. Yeah, That's they're right. actually getting smacked. Yeah, I had Miami in that game, so I'm actually kind of happy about that. But, you know, sure. so when you have that spread, right, that is when you that is the team or I should say that's the line. Right. And when you have a minus, that means that team is the favorite. If you have a plus, that means that team is the underdog. So if we just, again, let's just use Miami and Duke again, just for a simple example. If you had Duke minus 2.5, that means Miami has to be plus 2.5. So that means essentially that you think that Duke is going to win this game by more than three points. Now, if Duke loses, then you lose the bet. If Duke wins by two points, you lose the bet because it was minus 2.5. So mm-hmm. therefore, that is the spread. So it's not as simple. Win. Yeah, they have to win by that margin. Exactly. Correct. They have to and win by that margin, right? And then the other main thing that you have to know is now the odds. Because when you have odds, the most standard odds is minus 110, which mm-hmm. means that for every $110 you bet, you can win 100. That's the most standard bet. If you have even money, that means it's plus 100. So that means for every $100 you bet, you win 100. So mm-hmm. if we go back to the Duke and Miami example, if Duke is minus 2.5, that means the odds on that bet would be minus 110 because that's mm-hmm. the standard bet. But the right. money line, let's just say you're like, you know what, no, but I don't know if they're going to win by more than three. I just want them to take them to win the game outright. The mm-hmm. money line odds would be now at like minus 170. So mm-hmm. that means that you have to pay $170 to win $100. So right. that's where now it's advantageous for you to take the spread rather than just the winner or loser because mm-hmm. it's going to be more expensive for you to be able to take this bet. But let me just put this caveat in there real quickly. This is why we always say Vegas always wins. This is why we always say the house always wins because think, think about what I just told you. If you want to take a, a favorite or a standard bet, you're always going to be laying more money than you have to win. So you're always going to be laying minus 110 or worse odds. And the the bigger the favorite, the wider the margin gets. The The more money you have to put up. Exactly. And so there'll be people out there who will be like, I need to put mine. I want to take this minus 500. I want to take minus 400, right? But the problem is that might work for you one or two, three times because you took a big heavy favorite. But that one time you lose, it will wipe out everything. Because if you took a minus 400 bet, think about that. You have to put 400 to win 100. So really, you have to win a minus 400 bet four times yeah. just to break even. And yep. at that point, what's that, that's too much risk. You understand? Mm-hmm. So the yeah. odds is the best way for you to now understand how to mitigate your risk, manage your risk. And that's why a lot of people love parlays, what you talked about, because what you're now doing is you're taking two, three bets. You're putting them together. Right. And then when you put them together, now the odds work out in your favor because it's like I'm going to take this at minus 200, this one at minus 150 and then maybe this one at minus 500. But mm-hmm. instead of taking all those individually where now you would have spent all that money, you parlay them together and now they give you one bet at maybe plus 150. So now for every $100 you bet, you'll win 150. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the most basic way for you guys to kind of understand sports betting from just the basic line standpoint and just from what you're looking at a game. So you're going to have the money line, you're going to have the spread, and then the last part is the total. And that's what you spoke about earlier where you have over under in terms of how many points combined mm-hmm. can a team score. And then from there you say if they're going to go over, then they're going to score more than 150, then take the over. If they're going to score less than 150, then you're going to take the under. And the same odds apply. Minus 110 is the standard. Or if you want to start, you know, 
getting more value in the sense of like this, right? Let's just say that total is at one minus one. Let's say the total is 150 on the Duke and Miami game. So that means they have to score 150 points combined. But you're like, I don't know if they're going to do that, but I still want to take the over. But let me take them at 148 instead. You have to pay for that. You're buying an advantage because the line was 150. So now if you want to get it at, my, at 148, guess what? You have to pay for that. The book ain't just going to give that to you free. So instead yeah. of being minus 110 at 150, at a total of 150, at minus at 148, it's now going to be maybe minus 150 or minus 125 or minus 130. So it's going to be more expensive for that because you have a better likelihood of hitting it because you've gotten it at a cheaper, yeah. at a lower line. And that's that what I was just I was just talking to some people about, right? When the when it's more likely to happen, the more expensive, right? The bet has to be for you to make money. So you have to put up more money. Right. Whereas like when it's more unlikely to happen. Right. Like, for example, like we'll use a couple of examples here. Nikola Jokic. Right. Mm -hmm. And basically averaging a triple double. Right. So like when you're trying to select him to have a triple double, it's like the odds are going to be, you know, super, you know, for the most part now it's going to be maybe plus 100 some nights. But for the most part, it's going to be negative. Right? right. So you have to risk more money to make money. But if you say even with Luka Doncic, right, because he he's had so many triple doubles, the mm -hmm. odds are in the favor of him having a triple double. Whereas if you say Zach Levine is going to have a triple double, you might have plus a thousand. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because the likelihood of it is very slim. Right. Right. And so we we'll use the same thing for a three point shooter. When you say Clay Thompson is going to have five plus threes, it's like, OK, well, eh, he probably could. Right. So it's going to be more expensive. But when you say that Miles Turner is going to have five plus threes, you're like you're like pushing the envelope here. That's that's very unlikely to happen. Right. So it's so the bet is going to be very cheap for you to take. So the odds are going to be, you know, uh, in, in Vegas's favor. Right. So when the odds are not in Vegas's favor and is more in you as the better. Right. The more money you have to put up to actually make money. So right. there's a balance here. That's where kind of like parlays come in, where people start combining things that are likely to happen and some things that are not likely to happen. And you put them together kind of like in a in a basket or a bubble. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I would compare. Really, like I, I realize that there's so many similarities to sports betting, especially when you look at the stock market. Right. For sure. You know, I look at parlays as kind of like sometimes ETFs. Right. Where you have stocks that are put into a basket and they perform some stocks in that ETF are going to perform well some are not but overall the goal is to win right so you might squeeze you might be putting in certain things into the parlay that may not make sense individually but when you combine it with other things that make with other companies that make sense the parlay can actually work or the etf can actually work right so i realized that there there was a bunch of similarities when it came to sports betting and when it came to investing so yeah most definitely bro and i love the way that you said it and somebody in the comments i see some sports betters in the comments i see you guys somebody was asking mm -hmm. like is sports betting comparable to the stock market it is at times there's certain similarities between the two marketplaces and it's very important but the same type of mindset i would say the sports betting is more comparable to options trading because of the fact that Options trading is a little bit more risky. You have an expiration, right? You, you, it's more time sensitive. It's a little bit more, you know, you can get in at cheaper values. The same thing with the sports betting side. Like you have to manage your risk. 
And if that's like the you know main thing that you have to do on the stock market side, you wouldn't put all your eggs in one company, right? You wouldn't, hopefully not, you wouldn't buy, you know, 10,000 shares of something that you don't see yourself holding long-term or that you're not confident in. The same type of thing here. Like when I asked my boys about why you took this bet, you need to have an explanation as to why you took the bet. Like the same reason why you wouldn't buy Tesla if you didn't know they didn't make electric cars. You shouldn't be betting on UMass Lowell if you don't know the college team. Or you shouldn't be betting on the Denver Nuggets if you ain't watched a single game. You understand what I'm saying? So that's where for us in terms of the similarities between the two, you some of the same discipline that you have, risk management, research, you know, putting in the work. Some of those things you have to apply to this market. Don't think that it's just one of those things that just because, oh, I like sports, I'm good at sports, I watch sports, LeBron's my favorite player, that you're going to come over here and be able to just start winning all the time. Because they're going to be hot streaks and they're going to be cold streaks. You're going to get hot one time. You're going to feel like you're on top of the world and you're going to be able to hit everything. Then there are going to be other times where you're going to get humbled real quick. And our goal is to be able just to help you guys learn different things and able for you guys to not be able to have these cold streaks or to kind of be able to get hot quicker. And that's where, for me, we talk about parlays. I'm not a big parlay fan. I don't bet parlays because I do a little bit, but not really. And I have a parlay strategy that I can teach you guys a little bit about. I used to uh, bet a lot of parlays, but this is the thing, right? Every time you add an extra leg to your parlay, the odds of the bet hitting significantly reduces. That's what a lot of people don't realize. The most standard parlay that most people are going to take, right, is a three-leg parlay, which is a six-to-one odds payout, which means that for every $100 you bet, you should be able to win 600 That's on mm -hmm. a standard minus 110 uh, parlay. But yeah. every time you add an extra leg to that parlay, let me break it down for you, right? You've yeah. got a two-team parlay. The risk, the chance of that, that two-team parlay hitting, 27.5%. Three team, it now goes down to 14%. A four team parlay, it now goes to seven and a half percent. Five team parlay, it now goes down to below 4%. Six team parlay and upwards, the odds of you hitting that bet is below 1% chance so when yep. you see these guys who are like oh, i turned ten dollars to ten thousand i put down the 20 nice. leg parlay no like great congratulations and we want to see people win but i'm here to let you guys understand and know when you're taking parlays you really want to be conscious and aware of the odds and again yeah. the amount and of what you're choosing you're getting from it because yeah. every time you add an extra leg you start adding more and more risk just like in options trading, every time you go further out the money, what happens? It's harder for you to break even. Exactly. Yep. In the money. Same type of thing here. You farther out you go, the more legs you go, the harder it's going to be for you to hit it right off the nail on the head. So for mm -hmm. me, I take single bets, which is the equivalent to buying at the money or in the money. Why? Because there's not a guarantee that I'm going to hit, but at least there's less variables that I have to account for. Exactly. Going right. You understand what I'm saying? If yep. that makes sense. Nah, 100%. Yeah. And nah, I agree with you, bro. Like, I, I really like a lot of times uh, my favorite my favorite bets are actually taken um, over over and unders. Those are actually my favorite. Those are actually my favorite bets. Those straight bets taking a you know whether a team is gonna teams are gonna score this many points or that many points. Those are my favorite bets overall. Um, and I agree with you wholeheartedly when it comes to parlays, right? You know, you know, parlays is like a like a uh, what people say usually like a cheap man's bet, right? Because it, it's cheap 
to really yes. take apart. It is it's a it's a cheap bet, and the likelihood of that bet hitting is very slim. So you know, I think that it's super 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 important. You know that people you know take notes, and it's not you know it's it's not a type of bet that you want to be super super greedy with, right? It's not something that you want to be putting thousands of dollars on. These are bets that you probably want to put probably no more than maybe 50 bucks on my opinion, right? probably no more than $50. Um, and what I would say is about parlays, it's the, it's also the ways that you structure them, right? Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, if you're confident, right. If you believe certain teams are going to win, right. It, it's, it may behoove you, right. If you're not looking to straight bet all of those particular matches to actually put them in a parlay, because to Noble's point, yes, it's going to bring, you know, more of a higher risk standpoint, but it's also going to really be able to allow you to risk less to make more too, mm -hmm. right? Because one thing that he talked about is, is super important. A lot of times when, for example, we, we'll use this matchup, right? Anybody who plays the Houston Rockets is always going to be favored, right? Like, for example, tonight, right? Let's break this down. The Sacramento Kings were favored. It was like minus 275, right? So you're going to really have for you're going to really have to risk um, a lot more money to be able to uh, make money with this. Right. And the Houston Rockets were like, I think, like maybe plus 220. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're significant underdogs. And we also had the Detroit Pistons and the Boston Celtics playing tonight. You guys know who fa who was favored in that. Boston Celtics was negative 600 and the Detroit Pistons were plus 475. Now, if the Detroit Pistons end up upsetting the Boston Celtics, for those people who took the plus 475 bet, every $100 they bet, they're going to make 475, right? Every $100 they bet. And it's important to understand that because when you're straight betting, let's say, you, let's say you're trying to straight bet, right? With the Celtics, you're not going to really be able to make money. Not with negative 600. Right. They're favored by so much. So you're going to have to put up so much money to make money. Right. right? It's going to be super expensive. So it's going to cost you a lot. Now, in the event that let's say you do that, right? Let's walk people through that. Let's say you let's say you put up six hundred dollars on the Celtics because you're confident. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make that money. You're not going to make six hundred. You're barely going to make anything. You might make one hundred and forty bucks. But if the Celtics lose, oh, man, you're done. That six hundred dollars is gone. So the reason why, you know, it's super is it's, it's so good, you know, for people to be able to understand these things is because, man, like when it comes to sports betting, one thing that I've really understood is combining right to, to Noble's point is being able to learn to combine right teams collectively together in a parlay right I think that I like that I like that type of bet because it's sometimes difficult to get good odds right especially when certain teams are always favored right like you got so many teams that go into you know um you know games where they're super heavy you know super duper favored and it's difficult so, you know, you can straight bet those, but you're going to have to put up a lot of money, you know, and, and from a risk to reward standpoint, you should never be in a point where you're risking seven dollars to make one. Right. Or you're risking ten dollars to make one. It, that's just mathematics doesn't really make sense. So, right. Yeah. No. And you're absolutely right. Right. The mathematics doesn't make sense. The math isn't mathing. And for you long term, for you to make like, again, the breakdown it's you're going to one loss is going to wipe out so many winners that it's basically useless at that point. Now, so Michael had a good question inside the chat. He's saying being favored that much, would it even be worth adding it to a parlay simply to increase the odds? Now, the question that it, it's a yes and no thing. 
right? It's, it's, yeah, I do that, but I do that specifically at certain times because, again, I don't take a lot of parlays. So this is like, I'll give you guys a quick thing of what I do, right? I'll take two to three bets in a given night, sometimes more depending on how many time slots we have. But typically I'm looking for two to three best bets, sometimes only one. So let's just say for an example, right? And this is one thing I want to put out there. You guys should be betting units. And what I call what, what units are, are basically whatever size of your portfolio is or your bankroll, it's a standard amount that every bet remains consistent. So yeah. let's say you have $10,000 in your account, maybe a unit for you is $100 or maybe $500, whatever works for you. For me, a unit's $100. So I put, a, so if I'm betting a play that I really like, three units, $300 I'm putting on that play. Minus that 110 odds, typically going to win somewhere around like 270, somewhere in that range, right? So I'll take, let's just say two of those in a night. So that'll be like $600 that I'll be putting out risking, potentially winning, potentially losing. But then I'll take a parlay that now has the ability that I'll maybe put a quarter of a unit on, maybe so $25 on to win 600. So that way, or win 500. So this way, if both of those bets lose, at the very least, I still have the parlay to try to cover what I would have lost. So mm. it's either making me break even for the night, it's or it's extra icing on the cake after a good night, right? So, or at the very least, if it does miss, then it's not catastrophic to my account and blows everything up. So that's the way that I look at it. So when I'm looking at the odds, to your point, Michael, and I have a parlay that I'm now trying to put together to cover what I was putting on my straight bets, that maybe if I need to add an extra favorite in there, like on Saturdays, for an example, there are a lot of, there's over 140 basketball games that go on on, on a given Saturday for mm -hmm. college basketball. So that's a day where I'll put together like, 10 money line favorites, minus 500, minus 600, minus 1,000, because they should win, but I'll take a really big one, put $10 on it, and if the payout won't be that crazy, maybe plus 1,000 or something, to like $10 to win, you know, 1,000 or something like that, nothing too crazy, but it's a worth a shot because now I've got added some extra favorites in there to build out the parlay. But again, yeah. parlays for me are just extra icing on the cake. They're just a little more meat on the bone. They're mm -hmm. not for me the thing that I'm trying to build my portfolio or no. build my bankroll around. And I think no. that's important that we kind of yeah. put the caveat yeah. out there. Because, yeah. you know, there are parlay betters, though. And if you are, then, you know, be, you know, do your thing. I know a lot of people who kill it in parlays. But I will yeah. say this. If you are going to take parlays. Do not be taking a bunch of bets at minus 110 odds or even plus odds. It makes no sense. You yeah. should use, take advantage of the multiplier effect that parlays give you. Exactly. You, you want to put together happen. You want to put together things that are likely to happen within the parlay. Exactly. You don't want to be putting it cheaper. So I tease everything down in a parlay. So if the spread is at minus two and a half, I'm going to take it on the money line or I might buy it plus three and a half. So this I'm buying the extra juice because of the parlay multiplier there. Yep. So that way you have a higher likelihood of, of hitting. Remember, every time you add an extra leg, the chances of your bet hitting significantly reduces. So because of that, that's why I'll add, you know, more juice. And what I mean by juice, that means like you're paying more expensive um, mm -hmm. price. So I'll add more juice to my picks in my parlay. So this way, you know, that way, like with the multiplier effect, it will allow me now to kind of be able to build, but reduce some of my risk as well, if that makes sense. Nah, 100%. Nah, it does. Nah, you, you explained everything really well there, bro. So, you know, um, you know, I had a couple of questions that came in. Uh, yeah, let's one do it. was about, 
you know, how are the odds actually established? Right? Yeah. So that's a great question. So there it's, it's mathematical. There's an algorithm. There is, you know, people now, I believe everything is digitized back in the day. There were people down there crunching numbers, doing what they needed to do, but now everything is digitized. Like I said, the standard bet is going to be minus 110. But then once that book opens, like there's going to be, just like in the stock market, there's market makers. There's market makers in the sports betting world as well. So you have specific books that are like known, right? Those are the most popular books that a lot of sharp bettors, which are people who bet professionally, who bet a lot of money, that are considered sharps or handicappers. Those terms are used typically, you know, uh, interchangeably. So once a bet comes out, so here again, let's, let's, let's use this example. We got the Super Bowl this weekend, right? The mm-hmm. books opened up with the Chiefs as the favorites, but mm-hmm. then a lot of money poured in on the Eagles, So because so much money was pouring in on the Eagles, what they now do is they will reduce the odds for the Eagles. So less money. So people stop betting on the Eagles and they'll start betting on the Chiefs because the books are the market maker. They're playing both sides of the fence. So the way they cover themselves instead of getting, you know, I don't want to like bummed out. Right. And getting caught up in a situation where they are, you know, um, overexposed. What they're going to do is if you have a line or spread that opens up at like minus two and a half, minus 110 odds, then it might be minus two and a half, minus 20, then minus two and a half, minus 130. Then it will be minus three and a half, minus 110, then minus four and a half. Like today, for a prime example, the Kansas game, that's a game that I'm going to bet at the nine o'clock spot. I like Kansas on the money line. But the game opened up at minus one and a half for Kansas. Now it's at minus four and a half. That's a three point move. That's way too much. That tells you there's a lot of money coming on. So they're going to keep. It's just like implied volatility. Exactly. So So implied volatility and the odds are the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And that and that in this in the same way, you know, the way that I kind of look at the juice that you're laying is going to kind of be like the theta. Right. Because how theta can burn you over time as you expert as you get as you get closer to expiration. That's the same thing with the odds. You want to get it early because you want to get it you at the best. Be there. It's just like it's just like you want to buy calls when the market is down because you don't want to buy calls after the market ran for three straight weeks. Exactly. Now that high volatility is high. In the moment that things turn against you, right? You know, you're gonna start to see things running down, right? To the downside. So nah. I mean, it's it's literally the same as options, you know, when it comes to sports betting, like you can see a lot of the similarities. You know, he just talked about the odds being created, which was super important. You know, when you see a bunch of demand coming in on the call side, what happens? The prices of calls go up. Right. So to the, to his point, right, that he was making the spread goes higher. Right. So they went from being minus. What, what do you say? Minus one and a half. Now it's like minus four and a half. Minus, minus four and a half. So a three point spread difference in a spread is just like like you said. You know, people know when earnings come, right? The prices of options become more expensive, yep. right? Because more money is pouring in on whatever side of the options chain, right? And then, you know, so I, I look at these different things and I and I compare these things and, you know, it made a lot of sense for me. You know, now sitting back, you know, looking at a few different sports bets, um, you know, I definitely would say that, you know, at the end of the day here, man, you know, when it comes to, you know, you taking a look at the odds, I think it's really just overall, also taking a look at why the odds are actually that way. So you would then want to investigate, okay, why did all this money come in on Kansas? Is maybe there, is is there a player that's out on the opposing team that, you know, is really good. Like that might be one question, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 
it, it has this team not really that they're playing. Has this team? Does this team have a bad road record? Right. right? Playing at home. Just, yep. So 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 there's certain things that you know you want to pay attention to. For example, we'll break down this: the Golden State Warriors. They're monsters at home. Facts. Sometimes when you're trying to take the Golden State Warriors at home, the odds are just so much in the Warriors' favor because they typically have always won at home. Right. Right. You know, it's just like. You know, you trying to take the odds of, you know, of you going into Kansas City. You going into Kansas City, you going to beat Pat Mahomes? You right. Sp- what are you smoking? <laughs> the odds is going to be in Pat Mahomes' favor because he doesn't really lose at home, right? right? Same thing with Tom Brady, right? But also the odds might be more in the favor of an East Coast home team if a West Coast team like the Raiders is traveling from, uh, from used to be Oakland all the way to Miami, because they don't play in the Eastern time zone. So Miami Dolphins might be favored because they don't, you know, the Oakland Raiders don't play in the Eastern time zone. So the, the, the betters take into consideration, well, Oakland got to travel from here all the way to here. And then they don't usually play in this time. They may, they may not be ready to play that day. Right. So it's just, I'm just, just, just throwing out different things. And so I want us to talk about how players missing games really affect the odds, right? Yeah. Um, and I won't even just say the odds, really, but let's touch on how it affects overall the game, right? Like, I can just even think of yesterday, right? And in, in basketball, it's a little bit different because in basketball, you have back-to-backs. Right. So you have players who are sitting who aren't necessarily really injured, but more so are just sitting for rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think checking out the injury report is super, super, super duper important when it comes to sports betting. Like, when I wake up now, I'm checking the injury reports. Who's oh, in? Dude. Who's not playing? At 6 p.m., EST comes around. Yo, who's not playing? Because yeah. I got to figure this. This this is what's going to be able to allow whatever straight bets, parlays, whatever player performance, whatever. You got to be able to know why somebody's playing, right? Or it, or, or if they're why if someone's not playing, why they're not playing. Like all these things matter and affect. And especially with the NBA, you have a lot of game time decisions too. Yep. So they don't, sometimes they're not even on the injury report, but then they'll come, oh yeah, this person ain't playing today, right? Yep. All of a sudden he's held out. So that dramatically can affect the odds, right? Especially when you're talking about a superstar like Giannis Antetokounmpo or Nikola Jokic or Luka Doncic, right? Mm-hmm. Players sitting or Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, right? Uh, Steph Curry, right? So for example, Steph Curry, he's out for the next couple of weeks, right. but the Warriors are actually still favored tonight against the Thunder, right? So the Thunder is like plus 165 and the Warriors are like uh, negative 175, right? So the Warriors are still favored, even though Steph Curry is out and, you know, OKC, okay, they've played decent this year. You know, not the best team in the league, but they're, um, you know, middle pack team. No scrub. Uh, Shagilius Alexander is an all-star. No scrubs on that team. Um, you know, the, they got some ballers. But the point that I'm trying to get to you guys is that paying attention to see who's playing, and who's not playing is key, because a lot of people probably would have taken Denver last night and they lost to Minnesota by almost 30 points. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also you take a look at uh, Sacramento. They played the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Sacramento uh, got destroyed last night by the Pelicans. Right. They didn't have De'Aaron Fox. And, you know, the Pelicans, obviously, they sat Brandon Ingram, right? That was important for you to know, right? You want to know those things, right, before before the game to help you be able to decide, hey, you know, who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing because those things affect, dramatically affect the odds. For example, yesterday, we wrote, when you woke up, 
you saw Denver as the favorite by probably about maybe 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Minnesota was the favorite by a slim margin. Mm -hmm. By an hour, hour and a half before game time, Minnesota was like negative 300. Well, why were they negative 300? Because Jamal Murray's sitting, right? Also, you had Nikola Jokic sitting as well, right? Mm -hmm. So you got their, their two best players that didn't play. Right. And Minnesota, you know, there's no 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 slouch, no slouches there. The only player they don't have is Carl Anthony Towns. Right. So which team would the betters take? It's common sense. You're gonna take the team that's without their one best player or without their two best players. You're probably gonna take the team with without their one best player, right? right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you made a great point, man, because and I think even when you said seeing who's playing and who's not. Right. That comes down to research at the end of the day. And that's what I, you know, I want to have to stress to everybody is as a sports better, as a somebody, a participant in any marketplace, not just sports betting. It could be real estate. It could be crypto. It could be whatever you mm -hmm. get in a in a bad situation when you don't do your research, when you don't do your due diligence. Now, Lawrence is pulling out winners every single day. Right. In BWSO. But you need to be betting what some of the things that he's doing, not only so this way you can know why he's doing what he's doing so you could duplicate it right but also at the same time it gives you more confidence behind what the conviction is behind the play so this way when you do lose a bet uh a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or a thousand dollars you're not super upset because you had a, an investment thesis behind it that's why i always talk about investment thesis same thing here and what he just mentioned in terms of checking the injury report that's the way that you can do your research checking the weather in terms of football games and outside games. If it's raining, if it's snowing, games are more likely to go to the under rather than the over. That's something that you can keep in mind. Like you mentioned, matchups. When Luka doesn't play, now obviously things are a little different because of uh, Kyrie on the, on the uh, Mavs now, but when Luka didn't play, Spencer Dinwiddie's points over, easy money. I would take it every time. Why? Because who else is going to score if Luka's not there? Right, exactly. who he you gotta pay attention to those things. You gotta pay attention to these things. You gotta pay attention to how certain teams play with certain people in the lineup when they're not in the lineup. Draymond Green, everybody likes to hate on Draymond Green. Bet on Draymond Green when he plays good teams, not when he plays scrub teams. He doesn't show up for when he plays the Thunder and the Rockets. He doesn't care. If you watch him on YouTube, in his little podcast, he'll tell you that as well. He like, I'm just here to be here. The games that matter for me is when John Morant talking that smack and he got a back that up and that's when Draymond is coming out with 12 rebounds eight assists and 10 points but you have to know these things you have to be paying attention so it's always important guys that mm -hmm. you're not just watching ESPN and Shannon Sharp and these other individuals and just getting the sports talk which is cool and all but you also now have to watch some of the games watch some of the extended highlights that are on YouTube check out the box score because numbers never lie you know these are some of the things that I'm doing behind each bet that i take before behind every bet i'm putting in research and then not sometimes it's hours and sometimes it's minutes but i'm always putting in research behind the pick so if somebody asks me why i take the pick yeah, i know exactly why and it, and that's it's just something really important that we all must be doing in our process yeah nah for me bro it's like even taking a look i, I i'm paying attention to who's leading the league and scoring yeah from a team standpoint like, especially for me, because I'm taking over and under. So scoring matters a lot to my particular strategy. So I need to be prepared to see like who's playing, what they're averaging, right? Because I do like to take player performance bets as well, too. Player uh, pops, yeah. Yeah. So I like to see, you know, what a person is averaging, what do they typically score? But also I like to pay attention to what certain teams' tendencies, right? 
Like mm-hmm. every certain teams give up more threes than uh, other teams, right? Mm-hmm. Like for example, the Miami Heat, it's going to be tough to score 100 points on them consistently. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult cuz Miami Heat is a defensive oriented team. So if I'm taking a I like I'm I'm not expecting high scoring games when Miami plays a team. Why? Right. Cuz Miami plays slow. Even though Miami takes some threes and they shoot threes, the game moves slow. Usually they use a lot, like both teams have to use a lot of the 24 second shot clock when you play Miami. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a bunch of fast break opportunities. You ain't going to be running up and down the floor on Miami Heat. That's just not, Eric Spolster's just not going to allow that. But when you play the Houston Rockets, even though the Houston Rockets are a trash team, the Houston Rockets score a lot of points. Yep. Like the Houston Rockets team score a lot of points, even though the team is trash. The team scores a lot of points because they run up and down the court and they also take shots early in the shot clock. For right. Sure. Where they don't really truly run offense and sets. So I'm just giving like just different things. But these are things that you have to pay attention to. So the same way that we study our stocks and we study their tendencies. Right. And we pay attention to their options. And the same way you take a look at these teams. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, someone asked me, like, do you need to be someone who's immersed in sports to be a sports writer? I think that you don't necessarily need to be the biggest sports fan, you but I think that you need to be analytical to be a sports better. I think well, you need to be someone who is paying attention to the analytics of things and is willing to do the research more so than anything. I don't think you need to be a uh, have a favorite team even to be. I just think that you need to be someone that's going to be paying attention and doing the research For and sure. figuring out you know, finding your edge overall. So that's what I would say. Yeah, man. And it's all, that's, that's all it's about. It's about finding your edge. What works best for you? For me, college basketball works really well for me. Mm-hmm. First half bets work really well for me. First mm-hmm. quarter bets work really well for me. That's my edge. I know what my lane is. I stick with my lane. Not to say I don't venture out and do other things. Like this was last year was my first year ever betting baseball because after NBA finals ended, I had nothing to bet. So I was like, all right, let me, let me, uh, let me go uh, try some baseball out. End up becoming one of my best sports ever. Like amazing. So for me, you never know what can work and what doesn't work. And for each and every one of you guys, just, you know, just try. Just see what can happen. Watch the games. Take a hypothetical bet. You don't have to put money on the bet. Just say, look at the lines. Go to fan. Yeah. Do it. Go bottom. Yep. That's how I started. I started taking hypothetical bets. And right? just and I've been to, I, for me. I think I've been taking hypo, hypothetical bets since I was eight. <laughs> You've been taking it for a while, right, bro? Yeah, so yeah. You, you take those hypothetical bets and then see how it plans out for you. Just like paper trading. That's right. I write down. I have a. I have it downstairs. I should have brought it, but I have a little notebook where I write down every game that I'm looking at the slate. Like the first thing that I do is I look at all the games of the day. Just and I just circle and highlight, or I write down the games that catch my attention. There's certain games that I'm just not betting on because I just don't care yeah. about the teams. I don't know about the matchups. Too yep. many. Too many injuries. I stay away from teams. You yep. know what I'm saying? I, I stay away from those too. Like when it's when it's like when it's like a when it especially sometimes even when it's like a game like like what was the game? I want to say it was a game last week where I was just like you know I really just don't know. So I'm just gonna stay yeah. away. I'm gonna just put that game. Yeah, I just stay. Away. I think it was it might have been Sacramento and Utah. It might have been yeah. two weeks ago. It's like that that game is too close for me to even pick. Right. I'm not right. like I'm, I'm staying away from it. Right. right. Those teams are too evenly matched. And 
I just don't see an edge, right? So I, it's it's the same way, you know, same thing. So yeah, definitely. For sure. And I see some um, comments in the chat. Let me answer some of these questions real quick. So in terms of sites to look up analytics, StatMuse, S-T-A-T-M-U-S-C.com. That's one of the best ones that you can use for player props, especially NBA, NFL player props. TeamRankings.com. That is where you can now look at teams and their tendencies, how many points they score a game, first quarter points, how many points they give up, three-point shooting percentage, opponents' three-point shooting percentage on them, pace of play. I look at all of these things. Those are two really good ones that you can utilize, team rankings, stat muse. I also typically tend to um, take a look at – I'm trying to think of which other one I use besides – those are the two main ones that I really use the most. Um, in terms of looking up analytical data, then there's a few other ones that I'll check out um, that to, to dive in a little bit deeper. But I think that's the two good ones. StatMuse, S-T-A-T-M-U-S-E, StatMuse, and then Team Rankings, T-E-A-M, rankings.com. Those are going to be the two ones for you to really get started off with. And then there'll be some other ones like Ken Palm is one that's big for um, NCAA basketball, but, you know, that's if you really like that. And that in terms of does it matter the platform or the sportsbook you use, yes and no. Different platforms utilize different things and have different advantages to it. My people who are on FanDuel, right, draft, like you have, you got, you, you have something beautiful. Why? Because you can take parlays that I can't take. I use Bovada primarily. Bovada, so let me take a step back. I sorry guys. I, I I get so excited about this stuff. I go really fast. Here we go. You have offshore books and onshore books. Offshore mm -hmm. books are what you want to use if you live in a state where sports betting has not completely become legalized yet. And like onshore, <laughs> onshore books are the ones that where, like New York, Tennessee, if you're in a state where it is legal. So FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, you can use onshore. Offshore, you can use Bovada and Bet Online. Those are the two main ones that I use for offshore, right? So, same thing that you can do on both of them take picks, take games, but do you, there are a little bit nuances in between each one or another. But if you're really a professional sports better or somebody that you really want to bet a lot or you're like you're taking this seriously, then you're going to want to have access to all the books. I have access to all the books because what you want to do is shop around the lines. And what that means is you can go on Odds Jam, O-D-D-S-J-A-M, OddsJam.com. They do this really well for you is they'll put up all the sports books and they will put all the different team, like the game and all the different odds for that game on that sports book. So on FanDuel, the, let's see what game is coming on tonight. Uh, let's say we got the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Warriors. Right now, it's minus three for the Warriors at minus 115, right? On mm -hmm. Bovada. But on FanDuel, it might be minus two and a half, minus 2.5 at minus 110. So guess mm -hmm. which one makes more sense to use? The FanDuel, because it's cheaper, because it's mm -hmm. minus 110 and it's minus 2.5. Rather, mm. on my book, it's minus three, minus 115. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So that's where – now that's something if you're really taking this seriously and you're really trying to be profitable in the long run, you want to do that. But if you only have access to one or two books, that's mm. not a problem. Just different things work differently on different books just depending on what you compare together. Like mm. I can't take certain parlays that y'all can take on FanDuel. I, they don't allow it on Bovada. They don't yeah. allow you to take alternate points where LeBron is going to score 10 points, Curry's going to score 15. No offense. Like, those are easy parlays. If I had the chance to be able to put together some of the things that people do on FanDuel like that, you know, we'd be talking a little bit different. But I don't. So it's okay. You understand? So just 
figure out what works best for your book that works best with your strategy and what you're trying to do. And then from there, once you do that research, and this is the last thing I'll say, because I know we got to run Lawrence, right? Is again, this is extra income. Two, a, a two months ago, right? A month and a half ago, I was telling everybody when Bitcoin was at 15,000 to just cop a few dollars. Not, don't put your whole portfolio on it. Don't go crazy. Crypto, I'm not giving this, not investment advice, but this is what I do. I deposit and I withdraw all my money in crypto. So Same. I upload in crypto, I withdraw in crypto. So because you want to always take profit, because if you're not withdrawing the money, guess what? You stand a chance to lose it because you're going to most unlikely bet it at some point. Mm -hmm. Make sure yep. you're taking profit, withdrawing it completely out of the account. I learned this the hard way last year, made a ton of money, but I did not keep taking withdrawals. So I lost it all at one point. So when you take the profit, you put the profit. And guess what I did? I was taking profit and I was just buying Bitcoin with it just because I withdrew in Bitcoin. And I just left it. I had no use for the cash. Cash, no use for the money. Just win five hundred dollars on a bet. Take out two fifty. I put in the Bitcoin. Right now, Bitcoin's at twenty three thousand. Right. I bought some at fifteen with my Bovada winnings. Let it just sit there, and I made eight k ish just passively. Just it's sitting there. And that is the power of sports betting. This is what it does. It allows you to have an avenue of creating extra income that you can now use that to diversify into other assets. And that's the biggest premise that I kind of wanted to put behind this. Sports betting is cool. Making money is cool. But at the end of the day, we're gambling. And I'm not going to lie to you. I consider myself an investor with sports betting. I consider myself a strategist. I'm analytical just like Lawrence is. But you want to take some of those profits, realize those gains. And then yep. once you realize those gains, reinvest that into something else like a dividend like stocks like crypto whatever so this way you are now accumulating and allowing that wealth process to really start going to work yep nah and you pretty much hit it on the nail bro so you know i definitely want to say thank you for coming on sharing your insights you know this was just kind of like a brief preview of what's next to come i want to bring noble back on here so Let's we can it. go more in depth and I think one Monday night we'll even just watch some games next episode and just we're gonna, sure. we're gonna just we're gonna be pressing some buttons. But um, yeah. you know, definitely, you know, I want to thank him for his time. Um, you know, where can people connect with you at, bro? Yeah, bro. So I appreciate everyone for tapping in again, Lawrence. Thank you again for the space and everything that you're doing for the community, man, and just showing up with events and everything. Um, everybody can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Noble Living. Uh, N-O-B-L-E-L-I-V-I-N. And then shoot me a DM if you got some value from this because I have a free Telegram betting group that I've just put out picks every single day in there. It's free, no charge, and it's just a community where people just talking and we're just sharing games, insights, things of that nature. And I give about one or two bets that I like in there every single day. So, you know, that's just something that you guys yeah. can do. Give me a follow. And then on YouTube as well, I put um, at Noble Living as well on YouTube and I'm doing educational betting video so it's not just this is the team that i like this is why i'm betting them but this is how you save money on parlays this is how you research picks so a lot of educational content as well for you guys yes sir so now nah, we thank noble again man this was another episode of monday night take we appreciate you guys um you know definitely share and like this video it'll be posted here right after um and make sure you guys tune in next week we got some more action-packed stuff this won't be the last time you see me and noble Let's get it. Some stuff in Atlanta this year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yo, I'm super excited. But uh, it's time for us to go check out these games. And uh, Let's go. I got to go make some money, bro. Let's go Kansas. Go make guys. Kansas yep. is my free play. So let's get it. All right, y'all, man. So we appreciate you guys and see you guys next week. This is another episode. Peace. Appreciate y'all.